This is Darren Davis, founder and senior leader of the Harbor Church in South Florida, and you are listening to the Harbor Church Podcast. For more information about this podcast and others, visit us online at harborchurch.org. Enjoy the podcast. Welcome each of you here today. You know, it's a beautiful moment as we can gather together before the end of the year. And I want to talk just for a few minutes about the significant significance of his coming, this Advent. That's what the word Advent means. It means coming. And there's two Advents mentioned in the Word of God. His first Advent, the birth of Jesus. And then the second Advent, the coming of the Lord at the end of all things. How many of you are familiar with that, right? What I want to show you is there's very much significance in the first advent that relates to the second one. And I think if we miss this, we miss the posturing that God wants us to have as his people, as his sons and daughters, as his bride, as his church in the earth. Remember there were times when Wendy would go away to see her family or to maybe take a trip and I would take the kids when she was away. How many of you know husbands? That's a very dangerous thing. In fact, there'd be days where during the, the, the hours of the day, they just kind of all run together and I just realized, oh my gosh, I totally forgot to feed the kids lunch. You know what I mean? Like I just completely forgot. But a mom never forgets those things. A mom is very, very intuitive, right? I was driving the other day and I came around a corner and there was this mom walking with these two little kids and it was like she had eyes in the back of her head just watching out for these little ones that she'd been entrusted. It's, it's the nature of a mother, but there's a really interesting story of Mary in Luke chapter three, after chapter two, where Jesus disappears. She's looking all around, they're in the city of Jerusalem, they had made their way back to the the temple for the festivals taking place at that time, and Jesus is gone. And I just sat on that scripture for a little bit, and I was like, Lord, what are you trying to say through this? Because Mary, just like any other mother, she's not going to lose her son, and all of a sudden Jesus has vanished. I mean, Jesus is hiding somewhere. And where is she going to find Jesus? Well, we know the story. He's actually in the temple with the high priest, and he's in that space expounding on the word of God as a very young child. I think theologians would probably say that it might have been the age of accountability where from the time he was born leading up to that moment, he had begun to become aware of who he was and, and, and who his father was. I mean, I want you to think about this. Like, why did God come to the earth as a baby and have to develop and go through the process of life just like all of us have had to do. I want to submit to you that it was an example for us to peer into for what is possible for us. Jesus never just did anything just because he was Jesus. He did it as the firstborn, the Bible says, of many sons and daughters, of many brethren, right? 
And so as the sons and daughters arise in the earth, which is what the, the entirety of creation is longing for, what's modeled already in Jesus, if we could just see it. So he's in this place where he's becoming aware of the fullness of his identity. So they find him there, and Jesus actually says to his mother, why would you need to search for me in all of these other places? In verse 49 of chapter 2, you can look this up later. He says, why would you have to search for me in all of these other places? And later it says that, that Mary and Joseph didn't understand what, what he was talking about. There was, there was an inability for them to comprehend what was going on in Jesus and actually what they were fully supposed to step into, which they would later. Why would you have to look for me in all of these places? He says, I was going to be here in my father's house. Now listen to me. He says to be totally consumed by him. Could it be that even in this time, there's a returning of those that could hear, those that could see, to the Father's house again. Not in all of these other places that people maybe would normally look for us, normally try to go and find us, but we would be hidden, and I'll come back to that word in just a minute, in the Father's house, which isn't so much of a place as it is a reality of relationships so that we could be consumed by him. In fact, be here, if you look it up in the Greek, it literally means to be in a fixed position or to be fully engaged. What if our hearts were fully engaged in the grace of God with everything that he had for us in this moment? What if God almost in this time in human history is looking for those ones, that Gideon army, if you will, that may be hidden away, but is fixed in a place of full-blown engagement to step in to the things that God has for us to step into in this moment. Because if you look later in verse 52, it says that from that point on, because let's think about this, the, the advent, the coming of Jesus was about his birth, the gift of God to the world, but it was more than that. It was about that one that was going to grow and process and progress into the fullness of who he was intended to be. In fact, it took 30 years. If you look at the time span of Jesus' life before his ministry, before his baptism where he was affirmed by the Father, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Whoa, what do you mean? He hadn't done any ministry yet. Of course, because it wasn't about what he had done, but as much as it, as it was about who he was. 30 years of being developed, of growing. In fact, in verse 52, it says Jesus grew. He had increase on his life. He was moving forward. It said he grew in wisdom and maturity and favor. Just briefly, I want to just touch on those because I want to leave you with this as we get ready to finish this year. Go into a new year. How many of you know oftentimes New Year's are markings, demarcation points in our lives? And what if we said, God, I want to be 
fully engaged. I want to be consumed by you. I want to grow in these three things, which are eternal, wisdom, maturity, and favor. Wisdom, check this out, it's the ability to discern with your senses. A little further, it's not only just the ability to discern with your, your senses, but with the purity of your senses in the grace of God, not filtering through any measure of brokenness. Hello. How many of you have felt like, oh my gosh, I think I hear, or I think I perceive, or I think, and you look back maybe five, ten years later, and you're like, oh my gosh, I was like so filtering that moment. There, there, there was a measure of God in it, but there was also some mixture of some realms of my heart that God still wanted and, and was going to capture. You see, the, the growth of God in, in the church that happened actually in Jesus that he modeled for us is going to be what leads to his second coming. Because Jesus is sitting up in heaven right now in, in the full manifestation as God, but also as a man who navigated a life on the earth. And that fullness will coincide, hear me please, with the church that has entered into the same realm or reality themselves. Oh, come on. Like, can you imagine, like, this isn't just about having meetings. This isn't about just doing another outreach. This isn't about, you know, having another worship session, as awesome as all those things are. God is wanting to bring the church into the fullness of who they are in Christ. Go study Ephesians 4. It's all over in that space. And man, just like Jesus, it took some time for him to realize the, 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 the ramifications of who he was as the son of God in the earth, of what he had been called to do. He was so engaged. I, I think about verses like, it's amazing to me, but that he only did what he, come on, saw the father doing. His senses were so attuned to the Lord, to his father, that nothing else, please hear me, I think there's a lot right now in the air, in the culture, in our nation, that's vying for your senses, vying for your attention, vying for my attention. But he only saw and did what he saw the Father doing. He only said, can you imagine, what he heard. How many of you have been said some stuff and you're like, oops. Wish I could have done a take back on that one. For sure wasn't the Father. For sure wasn't the Lord. Like this is where he wants to bring us as we grow into wisdom. Maturity just backs up what I've already been talking about. Full development. Well, Darren, I thought we we're just supposed to white knuckle it till Jesus comes back the second time. Bad theology. No. The, the, the destiny over us as the bride is to grow and mature as he did, to be fully engaged in the Father's house, in the presence of the Father, growing and maturing and becoming just like him. And then the beauty of the fruit of those first two things, that wisdom, that ability to discern, like this is where I'm at. I, I, I ask this of the Lord all the time. I'm like, God, what 
is still going on in my heart or my mind, rather, probably a better way of saying it, because it's the renewal of the mind through the washing of the water of the word, right? All those belief systems, the lies being torn down, truth being built up and established in the word of God, right? That, that just positions us to actually be able to discern rightly. I could go back and I could tell you like things that God did in me at the beginning of this year that prepared me for this year. And I don't boast in that. I'm like, wow, that was the last point, favor. Listen, put your hand over your heart, and I want you to say this. I am destined to be filled with the favor of God. Do you know what favor means? It means divine influence over the heart. Divine influence over the heart. In other words, just to make it super simple, it means that this realm that God lives in, that he existed, this kingdom, his rule, that's actually now come or has the ability to come to the earth through Jesus, right? Jacob's ladder, I preached on that a while ago. You know, that, that he made that opening, that connection now. Like some people say, oh, there's, a, there's an opening here for God in the heavens, like over this, but no, listen, we're, the opening is the Lord and us connecting into that opening, right? Through what he has done. But it, it gives us the ability to have that otherworldly realm that's bigger than us influence our own hearts. Can you imagine? Like, what if we were walking in that kind of influence every day, every moment? But not only for us, but for the people that we meet. I think about moments when, and I'm sure you've experienced this, when I come in contact with somebody where there's a favor, the Lord like touches them in such a way that gives me an access to their heart and their life or the blessing that's over them in a way that I never, ever, ever could have done in my own strength. As I wrap this up, I wanna share a story. I've shared some of it before, but at the beginning of this year, I was actually hospitalized, not for a serious condition, but nonetheless, they had to keep their eye on me, so I was there one night, turned into two, three, four. They tried to keep you there as long as I can. Can I get an amen? <laughs> for the bill, all right? <laughs> Just don't, no, no, uh, no hiding that. But anyhow, as I was in this room, I was with a roommate because the hospitals were filled at the time. And this guy, every now and then, when I would kind of go for a walk or come back in, he would try to engage me and talk. And to be honest, I wasn't really in that kind of a mood, you know, to, to just be engaging with a guy. And I felt that, that discerning of the heart where almost like that voice of the Lord was like, Darren, I want you to love on this guy. It was clear and them come back up. Come on up guys. I began to connect with this guy and all I can say is this, there was a favor, this crazy favor that came into the room. This guy didn't know me from Adam and he was an older man, about 75. He was he was of Jewish descent. And I could tell by the way that he was interacting with the different hospital officials that he, he wasn't like just, I don't mean to say it in the wrong way, but like a normal guy. He was, he, there was something different about him. 
And over the course of these days and, and times together as we get into deep conversations, I'm telling you, we went to places, stories of his life. There's things that he shared with me that I'll never repeat to anybody else that, that were just for those moments. But it was, it was favor in the room. And what I ended up finding out at the end is this man is one of the wealthiest billionaires in the world. It was hilarious because at one point I was noticed, I was like, something's up here because all these fancy doctors are coming in talking to this guy. And one time one of the guys were like, Mr. said his last name, we got to get you out of this room. We have private suites upstairs. He's like, how much does it cost? $600 a night. No way. I'd never even pay $600 a night for a hotel room, you know? And I'm thinking, this guy has billions of dollars and he won't pay $600 to get out of this place. It's like, Mr. I'm sorry, I almost said his name. I said, why don't you go, man? He's like, no, I'm enjoying my time with you too much. Divine influence over the heart. I'll end with this. I was really curious about him as a person because the realms of business that he deals in are such high level and they're, they're on such a capacity. I was like, how do you go through life and not get swindled by the mafia in New York or whoever it is as you're building these massive projects? He's like, Darren, you don't understand. like." no one can get to me unless they're vetted by my 13 attorneys and then he said this to me he said if it wouldn't have been for and he said he acknowledged this he said the setup of God for you with me in this room you never would have had access to my life and I thought God this is favor favor do you know this man because of his relationship with Yasser Arafat was able to buy back the shepherd's fields in Palestine and turn them back over to the Christians. I was like, why would you do something like that? He said, when I was a little kid living in New York, I lived in a predominantly Christian neighborhood and these Christian kids were nice to me. And I never forgot it. And I told God, one day I want to do something great for you. And he bought those fields back. From a Muslim, can you imagine? Favor of God. Just before the Lord as we close, I I really feel a significance on being in the hidden place. And I don't want you to over-spiritualize that. I want you just to think about what does hiddenness mean for you? Are you going to show up in the same places that you did in 2020? Are you going to show up in the same ways you did relationally as you did over the past year, five years, ten years? Or is there a measure of engagement that God is inviting you into that you're like, I will be fully engaged and hidden in that place. Do you remember the story of Jericho, the wall that fell as the 
the soldiers went into the promised land because of worship. And then they thought, oh my gosh, we're so strong now. We're going to beef up our armies and we're going to go take AI. And when they tried to do it, they got defeated. It's an AI moment. Joshua, I believe it's an AI moment right now. Joshua's tearing in his clothes. God, have you brought us in to the promised land to destroy us? Is, is there any hope for the church? Is there any hope for me? Is there any hope for the promises and dreams that were in my heart? And God tells him, he says, listen, I've hidden away some valiant warriors. And if you call to them, they'll rise up. And they did, and he did. And they went and they took AI. There's nothing that can stop a people that are rooted in the Father. As we close, can we just pray this? Father, would you come in some way today? No condemnation over any of our hearts where we've missed it or we failed, but Lord, we acknowledge that we want the more of God. We want to model our own lives, what Jesus modeled for us. Come and have your way. Come and have your way in us. Do what you want to do. In Jesus' name. Covered in flesh and blood, he came to us. Nothing of consequence to see. Inside a time and space, you laid your life down on a cross to rescue me. Covered in flesh and blood, you came. Covered in flesh and blood, you came to us. Nothing of consequence to see. Out of time and space, you laid your life down on a cross to rescue me, Jesus, Jesus, born of God in the flesh. I will not forget.
Thanks for tuning in to the Harbor Church Podcast. I hope that you were enriched, inspired, and blessed by what you heard. Please subscribe on the podcast app and be sure to follow us on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. You can also download our Harbor Church mobile app. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.